Get ready for conflicts where movie reviews collide. Everybody and welcome back today. You are here for a very special, super-sized edition of the Rec Room. Woo-hoo. Yes, it's me, Lara slash Lulu, and resident dad joke Rich. Say hey, Rich. Hey, Rich. Never lets me down. Uh, Nick's off adulting or whatever. I know, and we don't want to discourage that. He does us yeah, a little. Yeah, he does we, it. We, we really want to make certain so that. seldom, but. You know, official lockdown is kind of over, but that does not mean the world is back to normal. So we've all been staying indoors a lot more this summer, staying at home, and that means binging more on streaming services. So every time I sit down to stream something, I inevitably sit there with the remote for at least 10 to 15 minutes. Like, what do I want to watch? I don't know. Clicking through things. So we thought of you and we're here to help you out. And this is the crap that we've been watching, so you don't have to sit there with your remote for 15 minutes. Rich, what crap you've been watching? Okay, so I think the first one I've got on here is a good example of the kind of movie that we all know this movie. Pretty much everybody's seen this movie, unless you're really young, or at least you know of this movie. But it's probably been a long time since you've seen it. It's also a good example of a movie that, in my opinion, has a lot of rewatchability. Mm. You know, we, we kind of throw that out there all the time. Is this movie rewatchable? Yeah. Well... I think this one is, and that is the epic 1981 movie, Escape from New York. Ooh. Uh, you can find this movie on Prime Video, which I, I know most people don't think of that as a streaming service, but you know most of us have Amazon Prime, and there's a lot of stuff on Prime yeah. Video. Uh, we actually uh, listen to Prime Music quite a bit, too. Uh, once again, since you already have Prime, you, you might as well. So Yeah, if you're uh, using it for shipping, watch the stuff they yeah. offer. Don't forget to look it on there. Plus, they actually do have some pretty good apps. We use mostly the Xbox apps for everything. In our, our Yeah, our, I have a Roku and the Prime app they recently mm-hmm. updated on the Roku, and it's much more user-friendly. Yeah, it's pretty solid. We also tend to go and like, we'll find it on a, uh, one of our Chromebooks or something, and you just put it in your watch list. Oh, and then nice. when you open up the app, you I never just, even thought of that. Oh, yeah. pro tip right there. Yeah. So as we're like scrolling around looking for stuff, we may throw a few things in our watch list. Um, and then when you're like, hey, I want to watch something, you just sit down and open up your watch list and Perfect. see what you thought of earlier. Now, you said it was Escape from New York. There's another one, isn't there? Yeah. Well, it's been redone even. So, but this is the original. This is the, the Kurt early. Kurt Russell, right? Yeah. This is yeah, the yeah, first yeah. Kurt Russell. Uh, like I said, 1981. One of the things I find funny about this now is uh, the film storyline was set in the near future world of 1997. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, it's in the future past. Exactly. You know, which at the time that, you know, seemed so far Yeah, off. where they're flying cars. I've never seen this no, movie, by the no, way. No, really? There's no flying cars. It was rated R and we weren't allowed. You know, I forget things like that. Yeah, we were <laughs> we were allowed. Uh, this is, I mean, this is the Kurt Russell movie of all Kurt Russell movies. It started Kurt Russell being Kurt Russell. Well, not really. So here's something interesting everything about uh, Kurt Russell. You know, he was uh, pretty much owned by Disney before this. He did a lot of work. What? No, he was. He was a Disney star. Um, all right. Yeah, I mean, he was kind of like the Hannah Montana of the day, except for they didn't have teeny popper kid stuff. This yeah. was the, the young man, kind of westernish. 
uh, a lot of the movies that they put oh, up. Oh, yeah. He, he actually worked for them for 10 years. He signed a 10 years exclusive contract wow. with Disney. Uh, and this movie here, he did to try to shed his Disney image. This was his Hannah Montana was. taking the wig off. This was his, yeah, she, he, that literally the case. Uh, another interesting Walt Disney side note is that the, the Walt Disney himself, the man, the last thing he wrote on a piece of paper, his final words were Kurt Russell. Oh, that's creepy. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's very creepy and cryptic. Yep. Oh, yep. I don't like that. And, and so that is actually why they signed him to that 10 year exclusive contract because they thought, you know. Well, was- also, he's like Masonic, and there was probably like, if we mm-hmm. don't do this, they're going to curse him forever. Yep. Yeah. That's so, creepy. I don't like that. So they did. And, you know, you can check out some of his earlier work if you want to see it. Uh, the well, I think he was like a child star, wasn't he? Kind of, yeah. No, he really was. This Little he, baby been, Kurt. He has been acting for ever. Uh, but this was his breakout. You know, he he became known as this kind of gritty action star guy, uh, you know, that that persona that, mm-hmm. that goes along with him. And the Snake Plissken persona is really kind of what, what... Is that what his character's that. called? Yes, yeah, Snake That's Plissken. That's a badass name right there. And he, you know, he plays the original badass in this. And it, this is, this is 80s... Uh, kind of corny badass drama but he's just so fantastic you'll still see people um cosplaying a snake plissken or halloween you see a lot of snake plissken's well with a name like that you can't die the legend can't die yeah we've uh me and a group of my friends have always had this idea that we're going to some year for halloween all dress as different kurt russell characters <laughs> the, the problem is is that uh, snake plissken and jack burton always get fought over as the who nice to be uh, the, but this it's fantastic. You know, it also has uh, a few interesting names in there. Ernest Borgnine. Oh, mm-hmm. very, an oldie but a goodie. Very endearing role there, as well as Harry Dean Stanton. Uh, oh, yeah. They uh, play prominent roles. It's it's pretty good. That guy's primarily on TV. Well, he was. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, you know, so th- there's some interesting stuff you go that, that went on. Uh, with this movie, but it's iconic. If you if you well, haven't seen it, speaking of iconic '80s movies, and I. Th- 99% sure it's on Amazon Prime. I think it's on Hulu as well. You were talking about rewatch value. I was like wanting, because you know, sometimes you want that movie. It's going to hold your attention, but you don't really have to think. Mm-hmm. You know what a great 80s movie for a rewatch <laughs> and a pick-me-up is? Go for it. Footloose. Oh, yeah. That's a good Everybody one. cut loose. Kevin Bacon, early 80s, early Sarah Jessica Parker before mm-hmm. she was even a blonde. The main blonde girl who nobody remembers after that. <laughs> the other pen brother. Like, they're all in this movie. And I had forgotten because I hadn't watched this movie in a minute. Because it came out in, like, I want to say 83. I didn't write down dates. You don't need dates. It was early 80s. But uh, I hadn't watched this movie in a hot minute. It had more plot than I remembered. You know, it really did. It was a great movie back in the day. Of course, I'm old enough. I was around when it was the fresh new thing. Well, and you've got the parents with the John Lithgow and the um, Diane Weist. And and it like speaks to me so personally because I, you know, I'm not totally identifying with the rebellious preacher's kid. But as a preacher's kid, (laughs) I was kind of rebellious and I would be the one wanting to go to the dance in the middle of nowhere. And... I love that there's the dual storylines in the city kid come to the small town. And it's actually based on this tiny town in the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma, Mm -hmm. that had a very similar story where dancing and music were illegal, which is unconstitutional. But apparently the whole town passed it. It It happens. It was based on that passing because kids fought back and were like, hey, we want to be able to dance. 
Yeah, uh, by the way, it was 1984, and I was close. Footloose was interesting for me because where I grew up, like that concept was so foreign that this is just something you make fun of, right? Because you were very close to a big city. I was. So, you know, the idea that you're not going to have dances, well, that's just ridiculous. And that music is, is illegal. This is Deep South you know, kind of yeah. fantasy stuff. Uh, you don't really think that this actually happened. You thought this was kind of a bending of the truth. And then years later, I moved to Missouri and I married my wife and I realized, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, there's actually places in the country where that really can happen. So, um, hmm. well, that's sad. Well, and then you flip the coin and me over here, who was an older teenager before I ever even saw this movie, because guess what? I wasn't allowed. <laughs> <laughs> that's that is that is sad. Uh, by the way, I think Kevin Bacon can still do the dance. He, every once he, while he gets did it, to do it in, uh, there's an iconic episode of Will and Grace mm-hmm. where Jack is stalking Kevin Bacon, sort of, kind of, and he does the dance, which I know that was like early 2000s, but still. But still, uh, you know, that guy's just great. He really is. And he's still great. You know? Oh yeah. He's still super talented and he's more choosy about the roles that he does, but I totally respect that. He's earned that. He's freaking Kevin Bacon. But you know, when he did uh, X-Men the first class. Uh, yeah. I thought he made a fantastic villain. He was just I actually so totally great. forgot he was in that, but you're right. He was a fantastic was so villain. So great in that. And uh, you know, and that's a very different kind of movie. Like say he's selective, but interestingly enough, he can just own a role. Oh, for sure. He's very versatile. And he had that TV show not that long ago that can't remember the name of. It was a crap. I'm going to have to Google. <laughs> it's going to bug me. It's going to be a bee in my bonnet. But, you know, he was one of those people that, because he was very famous. He was kind of a, mm-hmm. almost an honorary member of that Brat Pack back in the day. He came yeah. around in the same time. And his longevity has just been amazing. He's just constantly been able to stay in the forefront, stay in the, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the conversation. And not just because of his six degrees to Kevin DeBacon, but uh, I, yeah. just his whole career. So the guy's been around forever. He's also one of those guys that seems to be fairly controversy free. He does. He's never done anything. I mean, so far, knock on wood, the following is the TV show that I was talking about that. It was, it was a, I think it was a number one show there for a minute. So he's stuck around. And I think that during this time of the pandemic, because as you're going to find going through my list of things Mm -hmm. to go over, a lot of escapism and a lot of things that take place in another time or are from the past, because I don't want to think about it. I don't want anybody walking around with a smartphone. I don't want anybody Googling the news. I just want something simple, like a simple story like Footloose. You know, you're going to hear in my choices, uh, obviously, my age. <laughs> <laughs> my movies tend to be a little older, um, but hopefully there's still some good stuff in there. Oh, for sure. What else are you watching? All right. This is, and honestly, one of my favorite movies. Uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to kind of jump ahead a little bit here and okay. say, uh, you know, today, uh, I say today, but in the recent history, the idea that, of how great Keanu Reeves is has become a thing. Oh yeah. Cause he was a laughing stock for a long time. He was an amazing person. He's an amazing actor in his own right. You know, so right now like Keanu Reeves, it is went, the Renaissance of yeah, Keanu. He went past his prime and became something even better. Yeah. However, in 1997, I think Keanu Reeves proved exactly how good he was to all of us. And we just kind of forgot. And that is the movie Devil's Advocate. I forgot. Isn't Charlize Theron and Al Pacino in that movie? Mm, Al Pacino. That movie is dark. Yes. I love how I go for like fluffy escapism and you're over here like, let me tell you about a movie about the devil. Yep. No, it is. I met Connie Nielsen. Like you said, you mentioned Pacino and Reeves. 
he keeps up with Al Pacino. Oh, yeah. He can carry a film. And this wasn't even like a mediocre Al Pacino. This was prime Al Pacino. This was he the is devil amazing. himself, Al Pacino. He, he is just fantastic. This movie is so good. If you haven't seen this, you really need to go back and give it a watch. And what if you did have you watch it, it on? Because I literally have not seen that movie it's, since probably 02. It's on Netflix. Well, there you go. You can just go... Uh, right in there. You know, you mentioned Charlize Theron. Um, here's a little funny side note I found out. Because recently, um, me and my friend, somebody made a reference to the movie Showgirls. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but... We're, <laughs> it's, we're, it, it's on my list. It's on your list? Okay, well, we'll, we'll, <laughs> then we'll get there, but I'll... For, I'll, for a little I'll, comedy. In, in my defense, we were talking about Dune, with the new Dune movie, yeah. which, which led us to Kyle MacLachlan, which led us to Showgirls. Anyway... Uh, I, I see I see that six yep. degrees of separation. So, uh, Charlize Theron... Um, picked this movie uh, to appear nude in uh, because she turned down showgirls for that reason. Oh, and Jesse from Saved yeah. by the Bell took it Jesse's and the world panel. cried. <laughs> exactly. So th- this is just fantastic. You know, and the little touches in this movie that you catch over time, for example, I don't know if you noticed, but Keanu Reeves's suits get darker as the movie progresses. And see, I love subtle cinematic touches like that mm-hmm. where nobody tells you you just have to watch it. It's like um it's like in the sixth sense, the color red, mm-hmm. how it weaves through. I love things I am a whore for things like that in a movie. I love it. It is fantastic. I also think that it has great camera work. Uh, it's yeah, the cinematography is fantastic. It's difficult to notice, but if you really get to, to looking at how much those angles and the way they show things just really mess with you. Well, and to keep it dark and it to still be something that you can see. Unlike, you know, like the last season of Game of Thrones where mm-hmm. it's like, let's make it dark. And everybody's like, can you turn the light on? We can't see what's happening. Mm-hmm. This is a movie that's visually pretty dark, but you can still see what's happening. Yeah, they really play up a lot of that. You know, it's you'll... Um, kind of just step out of areas where you, you know you didn't see him because there was it was shadowy uh and darkness there um and uh if you didn't catch it the alpatino's character is john milton uh which is obviously a direct homage to the author of paradise lost oh look which, at that yeah, he, he even says uh there, there's even a quote there the better to reign in hell than to serve in heaven Interesting. Deep yeah. dive. I like that. Yeah, it's a great movie. So, you know, go back and give that a watch. You will not be disappointed. Uh, this was actually, by the way, early Charlize Theron. She had was not a big name at this point. Oh, no. This was very early. This was before anybody knew how to say her name mm-hmm. because her the, she wasn't always talked about in the media. She was very new and very hot. Uh, well, yeah, and that hasn't changed. But. No, not at all. It's actually... That's that's she's fine wine status. Let's I, I, be real. It's gotten better. I actually found Charlize Theron because uh, my daughter was very young at this time, but her favorite movie at the time was Mighty Joe Young. Oh, with it, the great ape. Yeah, yeah. it was kind of a, a feel good kind of ish movie, uh, which was one of her first early, early works. And she just wanted to watch this movie over and over. And I'm like, well, I mean, the girl in it <laughs> easy on I'm the eyes. So no. I'll, sure, I'll watch that again. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, she became this amazing actress who is in a lot of movies. Um, so super talented and um, wow well you have that super dark movie on here and as much as I'm like I want escapism and fun dance movies um, one of my favorite movies of all time that I can quote more of than I'm proud of is The Silence of the Lambs Ooh, that's a good one I love that movie and anytime like i don't have cable but hypothetically if i'm in a hotel room with cable if i'm flicking through the channels doesn't matter when in that movie it's on i'm stopping and i'm watching the rest of silence of the lambs it is one of the best movies ever made in my humble opinion buffalo bill 
is terrifying. Absolutely. Absolutely terrifying. But it also like it was one of the first movies that it's not something that is touted as a girl power movie, but it was one of the first movies that a female agent was taken seriously. It's dealt with in the film. It follows a female lead. It also deals with issues of sexuality and gender identity. Mm -hmm. Very, very on point with Buffalo Bill. And even now it holds up because it shows what the trauma of not being accepted for your sexuality and your gender expression can do to you. Well, even in the character Hannibal, keep that in mind. Yeah. That's very important for him as well. Exactly. And it's even spawned. I mean, it spawned sequels. And listen, don't waste your time with the other movies. Just don't read the books, but the TV show Hannibal. I, I was going to mention that because I love that show. I haven't seen the whole show. I've seen the first season because for a while it wasn't streaming anywhere. And it's it's one, if I'm going to commit to a dark TV show, I got to be in the right headspace. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's a lot longer than a movie. But season one, amazing. And so it's, I mean, it's still decades later spawned this show. It's quotable. I mean, oh, yeah. when do you not Matt just Mickelson. creepy? It rubs the lotion on its skin. Like, hello. And I never would have thought that anybody would uh, be able to beat the portrayal of Hannibal. And I don't know if he beats it, but Bat- Matt Mickelson It's a the very show, different interpretation than Anthony Hopkins. He does a f- fantastic job. By the way, I just Googled it. And as of June 1st, all three seasons are available. I knew that. I had mm-hmm. seen him somewhere. And it's it's in my, I think it's on Netflix. It is Netflix, And yes. I have it on my list on Netflix mm-hmm. to watch. I just have to be in the right headspace. But uh, the film Silence of the Lambs is also on Netflix. And... Uh, don't, if you've never seen it, like, don't watch it late at night and don't watch it alone. But if you have seen it, watch it again because it's worth it. Also, I'm not going to do it on mic because I think it would sound creepy, but I can do the fava bean noise. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, didn't he improvise that? I think I remember hearing that that was just kind of a part of his performance. Oh, funny, random aside about this movie. So if you traveled extensively back in the eighties and nineties, like flew internationally and stuff, then you'll relate to the story. If not, well. I'm going to educate you. So now on a, on an airplane, there are little TV screens on the back of the seat in front of you and you've got your, you know, your own little remote thing and you can watch whatever you want. So it's no big deal. Well, back in the day, there used to be a giant screen up at the front of each section of the plane and you got your headphones and you hoped that the two seats in front of you had a big enough gap that you could maneuver your head <laughs> to the right sort of spot so you could see the screen and whatever they played, they would play whatever movie was popular would be edited down to be PG rated. Uh, Right. So everything's safe. So as much as I wasn't allowed to watch films as a kid, there are random movies that I should not have been allowed to see that I was. Silence of the Lambs being one of them. Well, you can imagine what was (laughs) cut from Silence of the Lambs. So all the good stuff. The first time I see this movie uncut when he's in that ballroom in the hotel later on with the makeshift jail cell and he the version that I had seen was he grabbed the guard scene over <laughs> and then all of it. And it takes a lot to gross me out, but the flayed human skin mm, yeah. of the guard on the thing, like scared the bejesus out of me. And I went like two or three years without being able to watch this movie again. I was like, Oh my God, the skin, the skin. No, <laughs> it's an iconic movie. And to, to me, you know, this is where like, I wish Nick were here because he's the horror movie guy. Oh, yeah. But totally. To me, a movie like Science, Silence of the Lambs is far more terrifying and yes. disturbing. That's than most my horror kind movies. of horror movies. Exactly. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. 
a fantastic movie. Definitely worth a rewatch. Check it out on Netflix. What else are you watching, Rich? All right. I'll lighten it up just a little okay. bit here. Okay. Um, this is also ne- available on Netflix, and that's a, a little bit of a guilty pleasure of mine. But Oh, tell me more. It is 1997's Starship Troopers. Oh, my God. Wait, Neil Patrick Harris, I love that movie. Yes, it does. It has Doogie Howser. Giant bugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Casper Van Dien, Dina Myers, Denise Richards, Jake Busey. I forgot Denise Richards was in that. Clancy Brown, Michael Ironside. And gratuitous nudity. And gratuitous. Oh, so, you know, there is a funny story about that. So um, when they were going to, to do that scene, you know, yeah. the, the, the shower scene, uh, they were trying to talk him into it, and some of the cast members didn't like it. So it was actually Dina Myers who said, hey, Paul, if it's no big deal, why don't you do it? And just right there in front of him, he stripped down, and so did the cameraman, and they filmed that scene themselves naked. Well, and that's good what, for them. That's why they cast it. I mean, it. turnabout's fair play. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, but apparently they did it without hesitation. They just, okay, and they just filmed, the, there was just the two of them in there, and they, they filmed it in the nude, and that's how that well, scene Well, that's much more respect than a lot of people get doing nude scenes in Hollywood, so clap, clap for those people. Uh, absolutely fair enough. You know, there's another funny story about this movie, uh, you know, uh, about the actors. So Casper Van Dien, who, by the way, didn't go on to have an uh, amazing wah, career. Wah, yeah, which I don't know is deserved. I think he's a decent guy, um, but... He had a he had a great clapback in an interview once because somebody was asking him why you know a blonde haired blue eyed actor would play an Argentinian Juan Rico, mm-hmm. and you know it's like well that seems pretty good uh, until he pointed out that uh, maybe his character was descendant of the exiled Germans that uh, hid after World War II. Oh look at him dropping history knowledge on people. I know it was just one of those moments where you just didn't didn't expect somebody to pull some. There shit was out a like that. random interview a thousand years ago with Jessica Alba when she was like at her prime. And she said something about being neutral mm-hmm. in an in an event like Sweden. Well, somebody thought they were going to be cute and be like, uh, I guess if you're pretty, you don't have to know Switzerland's the one that was neutral. Mm. And then she claps back and she goes, I guess if you're dumb, you don't know that Switzerland wasn't the only neutral country yeah. in World War II. <laughs> no, they weren't, actually. And um, they were just like, oh, it's a common misconception with the idea of third world countries because everybody thinks they mean like impoverished. Mm-hmm. Uh, the truth is it just means that they weren't aligned with the uh, uh, allies or the Warsaw Pact or with NATO or the Warsaw Pact, sorry, uh, was, is the technical distinction. But there is some historical controversy about nations like Sweden is do they qualify as a third world country because they were um, they were specifically neutral. They mm-hmm. declared their neutrality and were they able chose. To, to, to stay that way. Whereas most third world countries were neutral because they really didn't have anything to contribute to the war. Uh, so that's why it kind of got this reputation as being impoverished. But that's not actually what it meant. This has been your education moment with Professor Southern. <laughs> Thanks, Professor. Um, so, you know, on that same vein, though, this is, this is interesting because I love Robert Heinlein, one of my favorite sci-fi authors of all time. Mm-hmm. And I love this book. This is an amazing book. Uh, nothing like the movie. <laughs> these, are, <laughs> the, these only share a name, and I mean, uh, some of the characters are the same name, but they are completely different stories in so many ways. It's unrecognizable. So don't go into thinking that these are anywhere near uh, the same thing. Obviously, they they drew on the source material somehow. Like, vaguely. Yeah, like... Like, uh, with, with one eye and, yeah, and mean, broad strokes. You, you'll recognize things, but it, it, it's pretty far. So I love them for different reasons. It's super campy. It, yes, it's super camp infinite. is the perfect word for this. I mean, I, I will clo- uh, quote Clancy Brown from this movie all of the time. <laughs> Put your hand on that wall, trooper! You know, I mean, 
the guy is just fantastic. Jake Busey, I think, put in a, a great performance as Jake well. Jake Busey is uh, Jake Busey is kind of a sleeper in some things that he's in, but he's so great. Mm-hmm. He's so entertaining. Uh, Michael Ironsides is is fantastic in it as I well. I love Michael Ironsides. <laughs> you ever want to watch an interview with him sometime? Like, because he always plays these super tough, like yeah, macho gruff. badass characters. Urgh. And when you listen to talk about him, he is just the sweetest old Canadian grandpa you've ever heard. Oh, he's Canadian. Yeah, he oh, he's is. so nice. Oh no, he is. He's even got the Canadian accent, you know. <laughs> and they'll ask him like questions like, "Oh, your character's really tough." He's like, "Oh, you know, I mean, tough guys are okay to play." Yeah, <laughs> I like playing. You know, and he's just the sweetest guy, and it's like completely unlike all of his characters, and it's fantastic. I'm gonna have to look that up. You really do. He, he's he's just so amazing. You'll love him even more. Oh, uh, for sure. Okay, you were talking about camp. It's summer. And summer camp has been canceled. So let's bring in the campy movies. I said it earlier. It's on HBO right now, ladies and gentlemen. The two and a half hour cluster fuck that is Showgirls. Oh, oh there we are. There we oh. are. We're back. And see, I could tell you all kinds of information about it, but nobody cares because it's a terrible, terrible movie. But you should watch it because it's so funny. It's the type of movie that when everybody was making it, they're like, we are making an epic film. This is going to be my masterpiece. This is going to be my thesis statement. This is going to be my breakout role. This is going to be the movie that they're talking about for years to come. And they're right. It is the movie they're talking about for years to come (laughs) because Nomi Malone is a train wreck. And oh, my God, what were they doing? It's the chick that played Jesse Spano from Saved by the Bell, Kyle MacLachlan, and nobody else that anybody remembers and people saying Versace wrong. (laughs) Like, and you want to talk about gratuitous nudity and weird, weird Hollywood sex scenes. The thing in the pool, I don't even... What? We were talking about how aggressive everything was in the movie. Like even the the dancing was just also aggressive. It's like so angry. And they're and no one is committed to it. Like they're all like, I'm just gonna make an angry face and gyrate my body at high speeds. And it's gonna come across really well on camera. It doesn't. But this has reached like iconic, especially like in the queer world. Like you get a bunch of drag queens together and start talking about showgirls. They can quote like the whole thing and like pushing people down the stairs, like there are low-key pop culture references that you make that you probably don't even realize are from the movie Showgirls. This is one of those movies that is so bad that it's worth watching. Yes. Just because it is that train wreck. Also, it's one of the few cinematic releases that received an NC-17 rating (laughs) because gratuitous nudity. Mm -hmm. Also, we were talking about the Hannah Montana wig removal moment. She hoped that that was her Hannah Montana wig removal moment. It wasn't. It was her career ender. It really was because she, you know, Jesse Spano in the the TV show was the straight lay, straight A student. Yeah. And she did that, um, you know, where she tried to do something. Hey, I'm an adult now and take me seriously and totally picked the wrong movie. Yeah. Also just did a bad job in it. Well, yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's one of those where I hate to, you know, hesitate to say who to blame. Because like Kyle MacLachlan wanted everybody. to talk about the movie, and he was in the original Dune, which was also terrible, and he'll talk about Dune, uh, but he won't talk about Showgirls. Yeah. You should see it, though. Okay, that was my NC-17 recommendation. Let's bring it up a little bit for the families. <laughs> what else you got, buddy? Well, I don't know if this is a great family movie, but I've got one that is a personal favorite of mine. Okay. And if you like Gina Davis. I love Gina Davis. This is my favorite Gina Davis movie. Okay. Even more so than Beetlejuice. And that's saying something. Because uh-huh. I like Beetlejuice a whole lot. This is 1996's The Long Kiss Goodnight. I've never even heard of this movie. Tell me more. 
It stars Gina, Gina Davis and Samuel L. Jackson. <gasps> Ooh. And it is just a knock it out of the park movie for both of them. What what genre are we talking about? Is this like a suspense, thriller, romance, um, it, comedy? It, it's an action movie, so to, so to speak. Okay. Um, now you would recognize this kind of plot line arc, but this is one of the early on um you know, kind of ideas of before the Law and Order twist was on every week. Um, sort of. I won't get into it because you haven't seen it. I don't. Well, yeah, I don't want. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it for you. But in my opinion, this is Gina Davis at her best, and Sam Jackson it puts in a stellar performance. Sam here. Jackson is extremely talented. He gets a lot of flack for being a caricature, but Sam Jackson has got chops. He actually says in many interviews that this is his favorite role. Interesting. Favorite? What's it called again? It is the Long Kiss Goodnight. Uh, That's a delightful title, by yeah. the way. Now, the only problem is this is going to be hard to find. It's only available on HBO Max. Ugh. So that's going to make it a little Max. There's to fifteen to. more dollars everybody needs to spend a month. Well, you know, there's a seven day free trial. Yeah, there you go. Use your seven day free free trial, or find a friend who has a login. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. So some people do. Um, that's that's my mo. Uh, I'll give I'll give you the little uh, blurb that they have uh, for the movie. Okay, uh, it's an amnesiac school teacher who sets out on a journey to find out who she is with the help of a private detective until they discover a dark conspiracy. Ooh, that yeah. sounds right up my alley. Like right up my alley. Uh, you know, it, it really is fantastic, especially since like Gina Davis is the action star of this movie. Samuel L. Jackson is not. Interesting. Love that. And you know, not that his character, you know, isn't a great character in in so many ways, but it, this is. And by the way, this was written by Shane Black. I don't know who that is. Oh, you have to look him up. He's written a lot of good stuff. Uh, directed by Rennie Harlan. Uh, some great work that went into this this movie. So yeah, definitely check out Long Kiss Goodnight. I'm going to suspect there's people out there who haven't watched this one either. If, if Lulu hasn't. Yeah. Well, and I love a. Uh... I love an obscure but really good movie that like stands the test of time, but isn't one like Showgirls that every single mm-hmm. person's heard of. I love those. I've never met anybody who did not like this movie. I've met people who didn't see it mm-hmm. because for somehow it, it ran under the radar. I don't know how this got lost in 1996 a little bit, but I've never run into anybody who did not just love this movie. Gina Davis is a certifiable badass. Just. Gina Davis is extremely talented, too. And I don't quote me on this because I don't have any facts, but I believe that uh, her career kind of fell at the hands of the whole, you know, Me Too thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, like Ashley Judd, she got strong armed out of the business. And that's why you haven't seen much of her mm-hmm. in recent years, because for a while there she was it. I mean, from mid early 80s through the late 90s i think ashley judd literally got weinstein out of the business yeah i yeah no that that was uh which is unfortunate because she was another amazing actress i loved yes. uh oh what was the double jeopardy yes that was a great movie was a great role for her of course she was also on star trek you know yeah way back when love yep. interest for little will uh, wheaton what was it uh what was the name robin um i'll think of the character's name but yeah but with those glasses things in the game yep. yeah yeah she was great so, anyway, check those out. Actually, check out any Ashley Judd movie or Gina Davis movie while you're at <laughs> yeah, Just Google those. For real. Uh, and if they're available, you should watch it. Um, I don't have, like, a cutesy, clever segue into my next thing. So, <laughs> I'm just going to go with, like, this is... You were talking earlier about the, uh, what was it, Mighty Joe Young that your daughter watched and rewatched over and over and over. Oh, yeah. We wore that tape out. Yeah. By the way... So- 
they used to have movies on VHS tapes. You had to rewind them. them. Well, speaking of on VHS tape, this was the movie that it was me and my sister watched and rewatched and rewound and watched again and again and again and again. And I watched it as as an adult and um, it still holds the nostalgia factor, but it doesn't have the same allure as it did as a child. But that is... Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Oh, I love that movie. With Kevin Costner and Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio and uh, Alan Rickman. God rest his soul. I love Alan Rickman. And him as the Sheriff of Nottingham is one of my favorite roles he was ever in. But a spoon? (laughs) Cut your heart out with a spoon! And it started the trend of him having dark hair because Alan mm-hmm. Rickman's hair is not, he's not raven haired. He has, he has fairly sandy, or well, had fairly sandy hair, but the Sheriff of Nottingham was kind of his first iconic role and he was raven haired in that movie and then as Snape and so on and so forth. Morgan um, Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Amazing. As in there, Christian. Uh, actually, so like, that is the Christian movie. Slater as well. Well, yeah, that's true. Who um, can actually do an English accent unlike Kevin Costner? <laughs> very true. Uh, which they made fun of in um, Robin Hood Men in Tights. Men in Tights, yes. Uh, Carrie always has a line. Yep. So the that movie actually was the first time that I ever really did any like research or looking into the Muslim religion, mainly because there is a scene there early on in the movie where uh, Morgan uh, he Freeman can't is, find East. Yeah, he's trying to figure out where well, there's, there's no East in this country. There's no country. sun in this country. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't know the relevance of that. So I was curious. I'm like, why? What, what's the deal? What's going on with that? So I actually had to look it up. So I actually did some research on the, the Muslim religion because at the time I didn't know much about it. Yeah, that they were aiming for Mecca. Yeah, you know, and then there was just quite a few things. But that was the first time and not that I'm particularly interested in it other than from... Um, just to understand that yeah, plot point, an, yeah. An academic standpoint. But that, Well, and it's... Uh... Uh, you know, again, like Professor Southerd over here, like did all his research <laughs> with dates and stuff. It was early 90s. I want to say it was 93 that it came out. Could have been 94. But uh, it was I don't it was one of those movies that I don't actually remember the first time seeing it. I've seen it so many times and can still to this day quote at least three quarters of that film verbatim because I watched it and I was like just to myself and to my cat who was in my lap saying the dialogue along with it um so i can i can uh, i can give you one interesting thing about this movie that you will not suspect okay the movie is amazing and i can probably still play it we did this entire i'm um, not the entire thing but the better part of the soundtrack uh as a performance when i was in in college oh my god it has a really good it's score amazing. though it is a great score especially at the end oh sean connery has a cameo bt dubs yeah at the, at end. the end where the big crescendo but um, also, if you know the the um, Brian Adams song, Everything I Do, mm-hmm. I Do It For You. That's where this was. That's from this movie. Mm-hmm. It was the song that played over the credits after they roll. And I actually still have that saved to my favorites on Spotify. <laughs> really? <laughs> I love that song that like is... to this day. And if you listen to the song, there's a part in the song that is the sound effect of a sword being pulled out of a hilt. Mm-hmm. And that it, you can hear it twice in the song, right before the big drum, dun, 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 mm-hmm. 
That's how well I know this song, by the way. Uh, I, I can I can tell. <laughs> and um, um, the movie warrants a rewatch because if you purchase it on uh, Blu-ray or DVD, it's a special extended director's cut. I don't like that because I can't quote those parts. And I know exactly what parts were not in the original because I still know it that well. But streaming is the original theatrical cut. It uh, it's it's fantastic. It's uh, currently on Hulu. You should check it out. You you really should. Uh, like I said, and listen to the music because it's it's pretty pretty awesome and amazing. Also, ridicule Kevin Costner for his inability to do an English accent because Christian Slater does one, Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio does one. Everyone else in the film is either English or can do an English accent. And here's Kevin Costner, who's pretty sure like from Wyoming or something, with his like, "I'm Robin of the Hood," American. Yep, he's 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 pretty bad. Uh, well, I mean, it, his performance isn't bad, but the accent, the and like, bad. just like you, you can't do one, well, then get one someone who can. And it's so noticeable because almost everybody else does. Yeah. So it's not like they're they just forgot about it for the movie. It's just him. Yeah, everybody just else him. is doing a pretty. It's good. It's never addressed. Uh, what was the guy that played Friar Tuck in that? I thought he did a oh, great job. Oh, he. Oh, I I've never known his name, but he's a he's a that guy. Like he's a mm-hmm. very large man with brown hair and he's someone that if you see his face you're gonna be like is that guy from that yep. thing because he's been in everything but he's never been the star he's always been that guy from that thing the the lady that um uh, was little john's wife mm-hmm. no blades no bows leave your weapons here yeah you know and she the little speech she gives where she's like i'm bloody well going with you <laughs> um i give birth to eight babies <laughs> It was fantastic. <laughs> yep. Such a good movie. It's a great movie. And you want to talk about escapism. Well, then you go back to the Dark Ages. That's true. That, that they is had true. it worse. Worse than COVID-19, <laughs> y'all. Well, hopefully we won't be going back to the Dark Ages ourselves or the, Hope so. the Middle Ages. Um, the world hasn't actually ended, even though sometimes it feels like it. But this should give you a few movies to watch, a few things to, to, to you know, kind of get your way through it here, and maybe you'll be a little less uh, bored. <laughs> Hopefully. And, uh, you know, if nothing resonated with you, come back next time and see what others we have in another extended, supersized edition of The Rec Room. Woo-hoo. See you next time. See ya.